when you first got to the varsity football team at Lake Highlands High School, who's that first person to kind of kick your butt and give you that welcome to varsity moment? Yeah, that's a great question. It, it, it actually was one of my good buddies, but that that I grew up with. But he was um, his name was John Walters. Wound up playing at the University of Alabama. Um, actually, won a national championship while he was at the University of Alabama. But uh, I mean, monster football player, and it just wound up that when we were in tackling groups and tackling drills, he was always, and you, you know, I mean, you're always looking like, who am I going up against? And it never failed. Like God Almighty, it's the same guy every time, and it just. You know, and, and you've seen me. I'm not the biggest guy, and I was this size in high school. And I mean, um, I mean, he would wear me out. And uh, I mean, it just that, yeah, you know, I start counting how far back am I. And every time here I go, go against John Ball. <laughs> so, um, but it was a lot of fun. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, insuring them. I'm just fine. I'm good enough, but I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head. Lost my mind, insuring them, I'm just fine, I'm good enough But you be told I need some therapy Initially ain't do it voluntarily, but now I got a legacy All right, welcome back to another brand new episode of the Team Player Podcast This is episode number 82 This is one I've been really excited about This is a guy I've known for a pretty long time uh, we met way back, I think, in 2015 when I was struggling as a young head football coach at Aldine High School. <laughs> he welcomed me into his field house at Galena Park and shared with me everything that, that he could to help try to make us a better program. Since that time, he has moved across town to the northwest side where he became the defensive coordinator of a state semifinalist at Tomball High School. And then he also became the head coach this past year where his team pulled off another exciting upset filled run into the state playoffs. It's my pleasure to welcome the head football coach and campus athletic coordinator of the Tomball Cougars and my good friend, Dave Handel. Welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate you having me. All right. If you guys are a fan of the show and you're tuning in again, please take the five seconds and give us that five star rating wherever you're listening. We're uh, up to 65 on Spotify and 30 on Apple. So we're approaching uh, 100 ratings, which is great. And if you want to leave a written review, uh, you can do that. And I'll, I'll read that on the show. You can hit the follow button to subscribe. That way you'll get a new episode in your queue as soon as they come out each Sunday. And uh, we would be honored if the Team Player Podcast made it into your rotation. And I'm your host, James Kovaleski. Please follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore Kovo. That's Coach underscore K-O-V-O. All right, Coach, you grew up in Lake Highlands High School. I looked at, or excuse me, the Lake Highlands area in Dallas. And uh, Lake yep. Highlands High School is just 20 minutes northeast of the American Airlines Center. So, I mean, you're right oh, there. Yeah just outside of downtown. Uh, yep. I had David Wilkinson on my, uh, I actually interviewed him this morning, you know, for his podcast. And, okay. Yep, and I will. Pierce guy. Yeah. So we got a, we got a couple RISD guys here in the team. Player yeah. Studios. Yeah. Will's but, a good dude, man. Yeah. The cool thing though, you know, RISD is it's four campuses. There's only one of them that has a Dallas address and that's you, it's you it's, guys. It's, at Lake, it's Lake Island. Island. So, Absolutely. I asked him about this, but I'm curious your perspective of it from, I guess, the other side of the tracks or the dart or whatever you want to call it. You know, what was it, what was it like kind of, did you feel different being the one Dallas school that, that ended up in RISD or, or was it all, did you all feel, oh, you feel like all Oh, absolutely, man. A absolutely. You know, Lake Highlands is, is a unique place. It's, it's never, 
hey, you know, growing up in Dallas, where you're from, not, you know, I'm from Dallas. No, it was, I'm from Lake Highlands. Mm -hmm. And so people had that community pride and tradition about that place. It's a special place. It really is. And it's, hey, I'm, 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 I live in Lake Highlands, Texas. Well, Lake Highlands in the city, but I mean, that, that's how everyone referred to it. And, and even I did growing up and, um, you know, have a lot of great memories, a lot of great friends that, that I still keep up with from Lake Highlands. And we have that, that bond that, um, that we shared while we were there. Now, Dave, David Wilkinson, I don't know, I don't know what he teaches, but it's, if I feel like he's a history teacher, cause he gave me a good history lesson. I'm kind of a football nerd and I like to ask about these kinds of things, but yeah. I'm looking at these four campuses, coach. I did a little bit of homework. I always do my, 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 my prep work as an yeah, old coach. I mean... <laughs> Richardson high school formed in some form in 1890. Now that might've been a one, right. one little building that's no longer there, but of course it formed in 1890. Lake Highlands is actually the second oldest coming in 1964. Mm -hmm. Pierce where, where coach Wilk went 1967. And then Berkner's the baby of the bunch in 1969. But you have those three campuses popping up within five years of each other. And then right. no more all the way to 2023. And I asked coach about that. I said, is it because you're landlocked or what was it? Or And he explained that there was a, a TI uh, instruments opened a factory there. And there was kind of a boom during that sixties period. And that there kind was, of caused yeah. it. Yeah. So that's the, what he shared with me, but I'm curious, you know, your recollection of being a native or whatever, is that, does that kind of all check out with what he was saying? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I graduated, I'm a little older, uh, Will, maybe a year or two, but um, you know, I graduated in 93, but yeah, I mean, back, back in the you know, early eighties and that was a place to be. And RSD had, had a great tradition of, um, you know, really academic excellence. That was, that was the drawing point to, to Richardson. I mean, it, it was, you couldn't find a house because, and if, if one were to pop up on the market, it wasn't going to last long yeah. um, just because of families wanted to, to raise their kids there. And, and it, it was such a good place, all four areas, really, to be honest with you. Now, another thing I, um, I guess that I, that I found kind of interesting when I was talking of Wilk is, you know, a lot of my, my listeners are Houston area listeners, and now you're here in the Houston area, even though you're, you know, you're from the Metroplex. He kind of likened J.J. Pierce, and we we're kind of talking about this, like, what is J.J. Pierce like? And he, he kind of likened it to Stratford, the Stratford Spartans out there in spring. Bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm kind of curious for Lake Highlands, is, is there kind of an equivalent uh, as far as that part of town? Because, you know... Lake Highlands has such a good mix of kids. Right. Um, and that that's what's so unique about Lake Highlands in comparison to, to the other three Richardson schools, especially when I was there. Yeah. Um, you know, a school that, that would pop up in the Houston area uh, that, that's similar to Lake Highlands uh, as far as just, just the mix. Um, Atascacita comes to mind. Okay, very cool. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah and, and, and I say that back when when, when I was there. Um, and of course, Lake Highland still has had a lot of success, but just that it reminds me of that a, a good mix demographically, um, a, a community that that's really supportive. Um, so that that that's the first thing that really pops in my mind as far as like something equivalent to that. I like that because he actually mentioned, and I, I asked him, who's the, who was your rival inside of RISD? And he said, he said, the way he phrased it was, 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 was fun, you know? And he said, well, we thought of Lake Highlands as a rival. They might not have thought of us as a rival because no, he said, you no, guys yeah, were the man. top of the cake, you know? So we were, we were, yeah, I mean, yeah. we, I, we had, I was fortunate to be on some really good teams and yeah, yeah. Uh, Lake Highlands had a good, pretty good run in, in the, you know, early nineties to mid nineties. And so, um, yeah, we definitely didn't think a whole lot of them to be honest with you. Sure. Um, <laughs> or, or or anybody in Richardson, but I, I guess really the, the um, Richardson High School started uh, my senior year, really to turn it around a little bit. To be honest with you, so the, okay. I guess it, 
we shared a stadium with Berkner. And ironically enough, that's where I wound up working, which is yeah, you know, crazy yeah. enough. We'll get into that in a little bit. But um, so, but Bertner wasn't wasn't really the team uh, at that point. And, and Pierce really, you know, we didn't think much of them. But uh, if any of them, it would have been Richardson High for sure. That is interesting because I remember the name of the stadium was like Ram. Uh, I guess you guys are wild. Was it what was your mess? Well, when I was it's it's Ram Wild. It's some I'm, I'm so because I was at Berkner for 13 years. So in my head, it's Ram Wildcat. When I was at Lake Highlands, it's Wildcat Ram. Right. I'm... And, and so, <laughs> and the deal was like whoever won that year, you know, was supposed to. But it, it's you know, it's still referred to as both ways. Just like sure. uh, Eagle Mustang and Mustang. I mean, right, it's the same right, deal right. on the on the Pierce and, and Richardson side. So, um, yeah, but that it does yeah. check out because he did mention that he felt like honestly, like them and Richardson were really rivals because they were about a mile, a half mile or something. Yeah, like absolutely. And, and they shared a stadium, so right. there's there's sure, there's sure. that dynamic that, that that comes into play for sure. But he mentioned, you know, uh, at the end of the day, when everybody wanted to beat Plano, and he said, so you guys were usually the one representing RISD, and so they were they yeah. were going for you guys to beat the Plano Wildcats. So was that kind of your feeling too? Is that Really, Plano is kind of our, our rival in that region. Yeah, I mean, as far as like, it, it was more of a friendly rival with all of our, our Richardson schools. Sure. Uh, but Plano was the team the team to beat. Just, I mean, they had a history of, of tradition and winning the state championship. So we knew each and every year in order to get it. Because back then, I mean, it wasn't four teams getting in. Right. And so we we know we knew all that ran through Plano and, and then eventually Plano East because when that opened up. So, um, Yeah. You know, one thing that always interested me about the Plano schools and being from Houston, I didn't see a lot of this where I'm from, from Fort Bend County, you know, just the the, the senior high model and having like a separate freshman and sophomore center, you know, or, or junior high, I guess you call it, you know, and right. having that size, I think at the time, like back in the day, maybe else the Elsick and Hastings in Houston were kind of built that way where they were, you know, several thousand I asked Wilk about it. And I said, when when you played the Plano Wildcats, was it in odd or intimidating just how many players they had? He said, as a player, I didn't think about it. You know, he's like, our dads complained about it, but we didn't think about it. I'm curious for you, uh, as as a member of of the Lake Highlands Wildcats, like, did did you feel that size, you know, that they had there? Like, you know, you become a parent, it's, it's funny, and just like Will, as a kid, and you don't really yeah. you don't really think about that sure, stuff until sure, sure, you're sure. a coach. That right, you know, we knew they yeah. were always going to be big. They were always going to be good. They were always going to be well coached. I mean, the, the tradition. There was always going to, you know, playing at Clark Field was awesome because it's always yeah. packed. Um, but then when you get out and get into coaching it and take a look at the dynamics and the logistics and, and the structure of that place, it's very unique where, I mean, they had those numbers as a, it was a, it was a senior, I was 11th and 12th graders. And so um, I know from talking to some, some of my buddies that have coached in Plano ISD, there is, um, there is some difficulty with how that's structured with trying. And you know how it is. It, it, it's, it's, it's hard to, get to your junior highs as is, but then now you have the structure that they had. And, and so um, I know that, that w w was some things that, that caused some difficulties in those jobs. Interesting. So you're saying because uh, the, the schools were so large, they commanded so many different middle schools or junior high feeders. Yeah. And, and so just okay, you, have, yeah. you have a 10th, you know, or you have a ninth and 10th grade center and where, okay, where it, it, it's hard to, be and build that relationship with those kids sure, and sure. that just makes it where you know we're at a situation we have all nine through 12 on our campus where it's much easier we see them every day and it just right, right, um right, right, right. It, it just it just throws a little that extra little dynamic that's difficult um to manage you know as a head coach or athletic coordinator 
Yeah, and and, and that and that totally uh, does make sense. And you know, I, I'm I went to school at Austin College in Sherman, so I was just 60 miles up the road during my college year. So yeah, I really do find because I had a lot of teammates from these districts. So I always I'm interested in learning more about Plano and Richland. Like I said, a bulk of our team was from there, and always great guys like yourself. You know, we had those kinds of guys on our team. Uh, but I, I do I do like the way Plano set up personally, Coach. Like. I like the, the the Plano high and then an East and a West and kind of like what right. Tomball does. Like there's Tomball, mm-hmm. there's Memorial. And I'm hearing you're building like a Tomball West or something. Yeah. You know? Tomball West will open in the fall of, of 26. So yeah. I've always been a more a fan of the directional type names rather than like, you know, I'm from Fort Bend. We have like 13 yeah. different people that these schools are named yeah. after mostly, you know, it's just kind of, yeah. I don't know. I just, I just like your style better, but, uh, but anyhow, um, yeah, so that that's kind of an overview of the district. But digging more into your time at Lake Highlands, you were coached by uh, co- Coach Mike Zafoto. I hope I pronounced that. Mike Zafuto, yeah. Mike Zafuto. Apologies, yes. there, coach. No, you're and, good. Uh, the coach that made the biggest impact, you biggest impact on you was Jim Ledford. So I assuming Jim Ledford Correct. was your position coach because typically kind of how it goes, right? It, actually, it, it's funny, man. So uh, he was not. Oh, interesting. He, he's an offensive guy. Um, he's a triple triple option guy. I'm a defensive okay. guy, so. Um, but our, our relationship started at Lake Highlands junior high when I was in the seventh grade and he was my head football coach, um, basketball coach, um, and my math teacher. So, um, anyway, long story short, uh, my three year back in Richardson, ninth grade was still on the the junior high campus. So it was kind of unique in that deal. Um, so the three years that I was at Lake Highlands junior high coach led was always there. And then when I went, um, well, I started Lake Highlands as a sophomore. Coach Led got moved up to the high school as a varsity football coach, and he started off as an offensive line coach, offensive corner. So um, at the high school, I, uh, he didn't coach me, um, but he just made that that much of an impact on me, not only as a seventh grader, but in high school. And, and he's the reason I'm coaching, to be honest with you. Um, just and, and to see, to learn so much from him as a as a coach, playing for him, and then. I worked 13 years for him at Berkner. You know, he was my head coach and, um, you know, it, it was just, it was awesome. I, mean, I, I can't, can't thank that, that dude enough for, for sure. That That's pretty cool to have that lengthy of a, of a relationship together, you know, and for him to be uh, 13 years and kudos to you. I mean, for that kind of longevity uh, there at, at the rival yeah, kind of, sort of rival high school of yours, you know, yeah. Berkner. So I guess you probably never dreamed that it would work out that way. Did you? No, not at all. I mean, it was a deal where um, he w- from Lake Highlands. Um, he w- he got the offense coordinator job, and then they continued to have some success. He got the Madisonville job, okay, you know, right outside of College Station. Okay. And so, when I was at A and M, it just ironically, when I was done and I was looking for a job, um, and I was back in Dallas, it, it was it was a, I was a late hire, but I'll never forget the day he called. He's like, "Hey, we have an opening," um, and it was just crazy because. You know, high, it, was, it was a varsity position, you know, and I've never, I never, you know, I did some student teaching and coach a little bit, but, you know, so never, never went the junior high route or anything, just straight onto it. And, uh, you know, I had my bumps in the road, but, but I'm, I will always be grateful for, for, for that dude, for sure. And I, uh, what year, what years did you finish up or what, what, what years did you go through to, in Berkner? So I was there for a uh, one until 2013. Okay, and so, so my yeah. last six years, I was the defensive coordinator. Um, and coach led did a great job that, 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 uh, had never had only made or only played in one playoff game prior to him getting there. And then the, the 13 years that I was there, we went to two regional semifinals, won the district championship twice. Um, and of course we, we, we had a good run of really good players, which, 
always helps, of course. Uh, but Coach Led did a great job of really turning that program around. And I know you are more of a defensive guy on the defense side of the ball. And, you know, the guys that went to Austin College, do you remember Ryan Frakes and Zach Mamet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, so he was uh, a junior at Lake Highlands when I was a senior, played offensive line. Um, okay. And so, yeah, yeah, I exactly know who he is. Yeah, yeah. So those are some of the guys, you know, that I came across. But, I mean, I, I do remember Berkner running that that flex bone, triple option kind of attack. Oh, yeah. Very, yeah, yeah. very successfully. So was Reed Heim at Austin College with you? He was uh, before, right before me. So he was before you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. But he's I a legend, you. obviously, in the Austin College circles. So yeah, we. Well, yeah, so especially now, and yeah, especially uh, now, yeah. <laughs> you know, and and we talk, um, you know, every now and then. But you know, we got to play them in the in the state semis last year, and and he's done a great job. And what's crazy is just there's five guys from Lake Highlands that are head coaches now at, at really good programs. You know. You, yeah. You know, Reed at Guy or Stony Pryor at College Station's a Lake Highlands guy. Okay, okay. Um, Shea Hendricks, you know, at Bernie, who was in the state championships this past year. Uh, Kent Laster um, played running back for us when I was at Lake Highlands. Um, and then, you know, myself at Tomball. So it, it's it's crazy that I went to school with all those dudes, and here we are. <laughs> Very, no, extremely impressive, Coach. And, you know um... – Looking back at your last last little tidbit that we have from your Lake Highlands career, and I, I kind of I love this. You played football and baseball, and you should have played basketball. So tell us. I should have. I mean, growing up, basketball was probably my favorite sport, and I, yeah. I played it um, my ninth grade year. And like I said, ninth grade, you were we were still at the junior high in, in Richardson, so it got to the point where you know there was no six A then, but we were five A, and it's hard to to play all three and. Um, again, you, you, you've seen the size that I am right now, which was the size that I am was in high school. So not very tall, but you know, I, I could light it up, man. Yeah. And then, so I, 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 I still regret, you know, when we talk about the day we're in about specializing and all that, and I'm such a proponent of playing all sports. I, that's the thing I, that I always remember is, man, I, I wish I would have continued playing basketball. You know, we, 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 I might have to add in a, a Mavericks uh, little start bench cut for you at the end of our show. I've already, I, I know you got your Rangers. Let's go. I got you. I, I didn't, you guys, I, now I'm seeing like the love for basketball. So you're kind of like a little Steve Nash, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I can yeah. handle a little bit, but, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. you know, I can shoot and got some range and, you know, um, yeah, yeah. but yeah, oh, love, love the Mavs, love basketball. And, um, you know, I, I love my time playing for sure. I was the same way, coach, but I was a fat kid. You know, I know you always, you know, those couple linemen that think they're hoopers. Like that was me. Uh, that was definitely me. So I would have been that guy on the weekends going up to the gym with you, but I couldn't, couldn't make the high school team for sure. I'm sure you definitely would have, but um, okay. So after your time, uh, you know, at Lake Highlands, uh, you go to Texas A&M. And now this first tidbit, I, I, I couldn't tell if you were joking with me or if this is serious, but intramural All-American. Oh yeah. I this mean, is, okay. straight running all American. I mean, played all the, everything. And you know, like, like I told you, I was in the core. And yeah. so we, we were heavily active in intramural. But the, no, but this is a real thing where the, that is a, an honor that was bestowed on you or. You... Oh no, no. It's a one that I bestowed on myself. Okay. Just make... <laughs> I wasn't sure coach, you know, no, I mean, it... <laughs> no, but I would love, you know, that, that that's the great thing about being in the core. It, it's just like being a part of a team and we, yeah. we, I yeah, yeah, enjoy yeah. it. You know, I love, you know, obviously all sports and love playing intramurals and, um, you know, I had a good time doing that for sure. I was the same way, man. I went to division three school. So, I mean, I kept playing, but yeah. at AM, I would have been doing the exact same thing, you know, but I, I played, but then I also fancied myself an intramural, maybe not all American, maybe an all conference. <laughs> 
no, there's, not, there's not many all americans around man so no, yeah, I yeah no, no 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 not 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 at all yeah. but basketball is my thing i almost sometimes i almost look forward to basketball season more than anything else i mean i, I love doing intramural basketball but uh yeah uh, it was funny Absolutely. coach the first year i took a team of all offensive linemen we had a team of all offensive linemen enter into intramurals and didn't do too good so i kind of nope. i kind of went on to better team try to <laughs> <laughs> latch my way on a better well, luckily in intramurals there's different levels that you can play in so that that's always a good thing <laughs> so you know coach you know i always ask this question and i you know the, the results are a little bit surprising perhaps you know your episode number 82 i've got coaches you know winning all kinds of championships and awards and honors about 60 percent of my coaches did not enter college thinking that they were going to coach they were majoring in something else or going down some other career path and so i'm curious for you when you when you set foot in on to texas m university did you already know you wanted to coach i knew that i was the the impact that people made on me uh were, were coaches um and i knew that i love sports you know all, all kinds of sports and so I, I knew I wanted to do something in sports. I didn't know what. So I was a sports management major. Hmm. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to try the business side of sports. And I, I did. Um, my first year out of Texas A&M, I worked for the Dallas Cowboys for a year. Yeah. Um, and, and funny that I'm a Dallas guy. You would think I would love the Cowboys, and I did growing up. I mean, lived and died by every game, every second. I mean, when they lost the 49ers in 81, I, I wanted to kill myself. And um, – <laughs> But now, after working for them, uh, you know that that one year, I just I can't find bring myself to to cheer for them. And uh, whoever they play every Sunday or Monday night, I'm, that's I'm cheering for the other team 100. percent Coach, I noted that immediately. Whenever you gave me, whenever you gave me your favorite teams list, and you're a football guy, I oh, noticed yeah. there was one team. Miss, and coach, I do this episode, I do this podcast 82 times already. The yeah. Dallas Cowboys, my number one team, favorite team across my guests. So, like, oh, obviously, huge him. following. So, hate him. <laughs> it, it, do you mind sharing? I'm sure you don't. I don't want to pressure you to give away anything that's very, you know. No, crazy, it, it just uh, how it how I worked in the the marketing department. Okay. Um, yeah, and it was. You know, I mean, I did my last 12 hours internship there in the spring, and then got to go through a whole season uh, working for them. And it was cool. I had, I had an office in the stadium, and you know, got to go to all games and. You know, I was young and single back then. Passed out my business cards at the at the bar. I mean, I, that was that was that was the best part of it. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want that, right? Yeah. You know, um, but just as far as like growing and developing that into uh, a career, it just it, it wasn't what I really wanted to get in. I, I wasn't passionate about it. You know, I didn't love going to work every day like I like I do now. And, and so um, from there, I, I'd say this this isn't for me and. Sure. Um, decided to, to make the move into coaching no man uh, and, I, and we're so glad we're so glad that you did and, and we can join in that together you know both of us root i guess against the cowboys now <laughs> and oh, i, yeah. I kind of root against the texans i'm not a texans guy i kind of like when the oilers left i never got on yeah. the texans boat so I, I kind of understand you know where you're coming from but <laughs> now okay so and, and the core cadets let's talk about that as well because uh andres gomez the, the mm -hmm. head football coach of the Northbrook Raiders and a good friend of mm -hmm. mine. He's a Katy High School graduate. He played on the 97 state team. He hosts a really yeah. good podcast, the GHFCA Coaches Podcast, and he's had a ton I, of I was great... Actually, not to cut you off, I, I was on that yesterday. I cannot with, wait for that episode. Awesome. With Coach Gomez. So. Yep. So, now he's been making the Rangers. podcast circuit now. You, you're big time. <laughs> well, I don't know about that, but he, he yeah. definitely didn't have a Ranger shirt on, and, and so... <laughs> 
<laughs> we have a little more fun here in the team player podcast. Yeah, it's very informal. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but no, but seriously, I mean, he was also in the Corps of Cadets. So you guys share that yeah. together. Yeah, we did. Uh, I, and and man, I never knew. And we we share a lot of, of guys. He's a little younger than I, yeah. I am. But we share a lot of guys that he knows a lot of Lake Highlands people. And um, it's just crazy how small a world and, and small a world the coaching fraternity is for sure. But he's a great dude, man. Does a good job. Absolutely. Now, your uh, your coaching stops. This is gonna be. This is nice because it's it's fairly short. I mean, it's a long career, but you you have you are not a guy that hopped around a whole lot. So let's no. start. The, we kind of already touched a lot on the Berkner, so you can just very briefly give us kind of just a quick overview. But thirteen years at one place. You've already talked about how much you love Coach Ledford and being a part of that. But anything else just for our listeners? Um, maybe you know. You, let, let's let's approach it from this point, Coach, for young coaches. Sergio Gonzalez, the head, uh, the head coach at Rayburn. I went to his success Academy talk at coaching school this past week, and we're recording this in July. This isn't going to come out till October, but I mean, we recorded this in July and he talked about, he, he, he talks about this quite openly that he is that guy. And what he means by that is he is that guy that went, that hops around. He went to several different jobs. Yep. Yep. He he did that purposely. And he, he talked about that in his success Academy talk that eventually he, he stopped worrying about what other people thought. And he said, Hey, I need to learn this from this coach and this from this program and this from this program is going to make me better. So I have to admit, that's one of the first times I've heard that side of it. Cause yes, usually in coaching circles, there is some of that, Hey, he's hopping around and it's a bad thing. <laughs> and so it was, his perspective was really interesting. And, and, and Sergio is doing awesome at, at Raver. And I knew him when he was at, at uh, HIC Austin, when I, yeah. when I was at Aldean. So I'm a huge Sergio Gonzalez fan. So I totally buy what he's saying, but on the flip side of it, you took the exact opposite approach. You stayed at one place and then you got your first head coaching job. Pretty, right. pretty unusual. Very impressive. Can you just right. talk about that for, for my young coaches listening that are trying to decide, should I stay at one place for an extended period or should I kind of do the hop around perhaps? What would you recommend? What, what would you recommend that situation? You know, it, it, it just, every situation is different, yeah, but yeah. It, stability was important to me and my family. Um, uh, when, when my wife and I, um, she's in education too. And, and so, um, you know, our, our, our kids were young when, when I, we got the Berkner job. And so I didn't want to be, and then we had so many great friends and they had so many great friends and I didn't want to get into, Hey, we're going to move them around every couple right. of years, you know, and not that I didn't want to be a head coach, but, um, you know, once we started getting into probably year 10, year 11, we started, started putting in for jobs and, um, the, the situation needed to be right. We need to feel good and really to feel good about, is this a good place for our kids? And so, um, you know, we knew it would come at some point and, um, you know, in 2013, the Galena park situation came up and, and the people there are amazing. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, that that was the biggest thing and big yeah, that was the big move for us. But yeah. we felt about it, but just because of the people that I that I was going to be around and working for. So let's talk about that. And this is where you and I connected. I mean, I I, I very similar to you. I was uh three year my three years at Fort Ben Clements, never looked at a job board or anything, but then Brett Sniffen, you know, my mentor, gets mm-hmm. the job at Ridgepoint, opens the brand right. new Fort Ben ISD school, the Ridgepoint Panthers. I become the defensive coordinator. We catch fire. We catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, we, we had a great battle with Dave Wilkinson and his Texas City Stingerees yeah. one year. And then the yeah. next year we were even better. And we kept going all the way till we lost on the last second field goal to Temple. Yeah. 
Coach Sniffin, uh, actually, I think it might have been the day before that game or, or somewhere in that playoff run. We'd always go out to eat lunch together. And he mm-hmm. told me and Bobby Darnell, who's now the head coach at Fort Ben Clements, mm-hmm. he was the offensive coordinator at the time. He said, guys, start looking for jobs. And it, was, it wasn't like we're doing great. It's not like we're being fired or anything. But it was right. like, hey, we caught lightning in a bottle. Man, things are great. You never know in this in this profession what one year can be like. This is you're you're very hot. You're hot right now, right? You know, right. and you should you should apply. And so that was the first time I looked at job boards. And Bobby also did the same. And I ended up interviewing an Aldean. So there were several different things. Me and Bobby went for different jobs. We had different interests. I was kind of attracted to the situation in Aldean. I liked. I like the underdog. I kind of like that underdog story. I like the history, the proud tradition of Aldean High School. Sure. And yeah. I was really drawn to that, man. So I, I went for it and I am getting it. So kind of like you, I wasn't in one place for so long, but I was in just two places. I get my first job. The first year, coach, we go two and eight. Um, I always, my fans all know, you know, we, we, we beat a playoff team. We did beat Nimitz that year. So I was really mm-hmm. kind of a feather in our cap and a really fun, cool game that we won in the rain. And it was, we did everything right to win that game. We still barely yeah. won it, you know, but the next year in the first year, I wasn't happy, obviously with two and eight. And I think it might've been in that off season that I sought you out. And I actually mm-hmm. started, I kind of felt like at that time, the guys at Ridgepoint are my best friends. I know you've been on, obviously, to stay for 13 years, you probably love those group of guys at, at Berkner. I felt the same way about my Ridgepoint guys, but it, as much as those guys know football, at a certain point, I almost felt like maybe they couldn't relate to all of the problems that I or the, the challenges I right. was having. And so I right. really kind of felt like I need to branch out. I need to meet new people that really understand. And so I just kind of started searching scores and records, and I was looking around and seeing things. And, you know, yourself and uh, David Wilkinson, and also uh, Robin Kirk at HISD Austin. That's how I met Sergio. Yeah. But th- those are some of yeah. the guys I remember really reaching out right. to. And for you, I remember going to Galena Park and going in your field house, man. You were so gracious and welcoming. And I was very impressed with your setup. And you said the same thing. You're like, Coach, we got a great setup here. We have great people. We do. Just like we, you do. Were saying we do. Yeah. But it's. Yeah, that's how we met, coach, you know, and I'm just curious for people listening to that, you know, guys listening that maybe you're struggling. And I think sometimes, you know, you kind of just bear that alone and sometimes, but like, I I really am glad I reached out to y'all. It grew me so much as a coach. I'm just curious for you. What are some of your thoughts on that? As far as, you know, at the time, you know, Galena Park was was having a little bit of a struggle. I mean, you were, you were really, um, I thought doing some innovative things. I like how you really played aggressive defensively, you know, and you just, you, you were trying to take chances and make something happen. I just, I love that outside the box thinking is what I learned from you along with some cover two stuff, which we can talk about in a second, but just in general, what do you, what do you think about that? What, what do you think about your time at Galena park? Obviously, I mean, you were loving it. You're loving the people, loving the kids, but just, you know, it, winning, it wasn't like you were, you know, uh, winning. Championships no, or anything like that. Absolutely but not. How do you look and, back on those times? And you know, you look back and it really taught me that, that the wins and losses aren't the most important, you know, that it's all about the relationships with the kids and the people that you work with and, and the, and really the impact that you make on those kids. And I felt like we, we checked a lot of boxes in those areas. And I mean, the kids are great. They, they worked hard. The administration was really supportive of athletics. Um, it, it's a really good place. It just, we, we just struggled on Friday nights sometimes. And so, you know, as a first year head coach and as I, as a first time head coach, um, I wish I wouldn't have put so much pressure on, on myself into it's all about the score on Friday night, because at the end of the day, when those kids graduate, it's not about the score on Friday night. It's about what you're teaching them. And and are you getting them to the point where they can be successful, where they're better husbands, where they're better fathers, 
Um, and I think we did a good job of that. We just didn't win as many games as I would have liked. And so sometimes we, that's all we judge ourselves on. And looking back, that's, that's all I looked at is, well, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not doing my job because I'm not winning any games, but looking back, I think we did a really good job in all the other things that really matter. Um, because that, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. Man, coach, I, I love that. And I can completely relate because I blame myself, you know, and we're two and oh, eight. Yeah. First. Second year, we, 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 I thought we got better. I mean, I did all that work in the off season networked. I, I spent, uh, I actually spent the night down in Port Lavaca with coach Whitaker, uh, you know, the head coach of Calhoun high school. I, we even toyed of like learning flexbone, uh, you yeah. know, and trying to give ourselves an edge. Cause some of the stuff you were doing defensively, like motivated me to think outside the box on offense, you know, and, um, but we, we didn't end up doing that. But anyhow, we, we tried so many things and, the next year, coach, I look up, we, we didn't win a game in the program. Actually, throughout the entire feeder. We went 0-10 yeah. on varsity. JV lost every game. Freshman lost every game. Stovall Middle School lost every game in eighth grade, lost every game in seventh grade. And I kind of looked up, and I'm like, I, I was like, what, what have I done? And like you said, I mean, the, 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 the kids, you know, were good and working hard, but I was like, what? I, I'm not delivering what I was brought here to do. Right. And I also looked up, and, you know, I, I put on weight. I had huge bags under my eyes. <laughs> I interviewed for Aldine High School. My literally, the name of my presentation was Positive Energy. And that's what I was at Ridgepoint. I was Mr. Positive. Yeah. You can ask any of those Ridgepoint guys, but I lost that man. I became jaded. I became angry. And I wasn't the same person. Everybody said that after year two, like Kobo, you're not the same Kobo when you showed up here, you know, the yeah. year before. We look that, awesome now, man, especially in that Ranger jersey. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, man. And, <laughs> and, and, and coach, coach, give me a hard time because I am an Astros fan, but because he's my good friend. <laughs> And I always honor, I guess I'm wearing a Rangers jersey. A, a nice throwback one, too. Yeah, cool, no, man. man. God, yeah. gets me fired up. But, you know, in all seriousness, and, and, you know, and David Wilkinson was great. He's very, very forthcoming. He talked about it. He said, Kovo, you know, one day, one day, like, I, I lost, like, the use of my eye. Like, he had some kind of, uh, you know, severe migraine that caused these things. And yeah. He really, his health, he really maybe mm -hmm. had taken for granted because of the stress, you know, and the work. And we've mentioned Sergio. David was the first guy to hire Sergio at Baytown Lee, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I think that was for his first full-time job was at Ed Lee. And Coach Gonzalez shared this in his Success Academy talk that he had a heart attack this, mm -hmm. this year. After, this after, past year, yep. yep. This past year after the game against Chavez, his old school, just from the stress of that incredible game. And, you know, those guys are friends and talking. And, 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 and Coach uh, Wilkinson told me, hey, there's there's nothing more important than your health basically is you know kind of what he told them and right. so let's talk about that aspect of it man because I, I think all of us felt that you struck me as a guy that despite it all you you seem very positive man I was really kind of inspired by you and like I, I was like <laughs> I want to be more like that but I mean all of us do kind of deal with those stresses whenever it's, you're not being as successful because we've been on winning teams there's nothing like that thrill of victory man that, that is true right. but what can you give advice to, to my coaches listening about when you are struggling, how do you put your health in, you know, first and, and some of those kinds of things? How do you, how do you fill that bucket back up? Well, it, it's easy when you have a family, when, when you know, yeah. you got two boys at home and a wife and like, that's, you know, the, the big picture of it all. It, it's, you know, the, the, what you're doing yourself, you know, physically to, to try to win games. It, it's, it's not worth it, you know? It, and again, it, you know, measuring success is not all about winning and losing on Friday nights. It's putting those kids that, that you see every day in a in a situation where they can be successful once they leave your campus. And and so just the you know seeing that and seeing that th those are the those are the real wins, you know. And then coming home to to two little boys every day and um, you know being there for your family that that that's what really makes you say this 
you know, the, here you probably, you want to win, of course, don't, don't get me wrong, yeah. but you prior to, you know, prioritize everything and, and where, um, okay, we're, we're going to do all we, we're going to do things the right way. And if it doesn't you know, go our way on Friday night, Hey, we're going to evaluate and do everything we can to get better the next week. And that's all we can do. And coach, I love that, man. I couldn't agree more because I shared this on the show and we were talking before the show, you know, you're asking how I've been and everything. And I've got a 14 month old son now. And now I've got married now. I've been married since 2017, but at the time at Aldine, I was a bachelor, man. And I think that's probably the worst thing that could have, I could have, you know what I mean? And yeah. it's the worst thing for me because all I had was my, all the, my job, you know, yeah. honestly, I mean, of course I have my, my own family, but at that time I was so laser focused on my job because I went home to an empty condo. You know what I mean? Right. And so that was my identity and just wanting to succeed and just wanting to, to please people and make the people that took a chance on me, make them proud of me. I, you know, right. I felt like I was letting them down. So I, you're right, man. I think had I been where I'm at now with my son, Bo and my wife, Christine, like, I think I would have done a lot better handling that. Now let's, before we go, I want to, I want to ask you a little bit about your athletic coordinator piece. Cause that, that's the part mm -hmm. I actually struggle with the most, not, not the head football coaching at all. And I actually really enjoyed that, but um, you know, you did think outside the box I, in the, in the David Wilkerson episode, he told the story of how one week they're preparing for Vider. They got a bye week. They're getting ready for Vider. Vider runs that slot T. They had an old coach that knew the slot T and they installed it on the Baytown Lee JV. The Baytown Lee JV gets pretty good at it. Even though they, they, they were winless at that yeah. time, they beat Vider running the slot T and a light bulb kind of went off in Dave's head or David's head. And he kind of was like, Hey, this can help us control the tempo. And he, he right. started doing it and all of a mm -hmm. sudden the score started, mm -hmm. the differential started shrinking down. And so that kind of got my, my, my wheel spinning about maybe trying to learn flex bone or something of that nature. You did some cool stuff defensively. So let's talk about that. I understand, you know, yeah, you, you know, you, you kept the first thing first about keeping the kids and everything, but you're an old ball coach, man. You were doing a lot of scheme things, to try to narrow that gap. One of the things that I remember is first of all, cover two, let's just talk about mm -hmm. cover two, because okay. throughout most of my experience coaching, at least the places I've been, we're mostly more of a quarters kind of style system, right? I've seen very few teams kind of play your hard cloud, hard corner cover two type scheme. I, uh, was it Sybilo steel? I believe is kind of famous for having done that at high levels. Yeah. That, that's the one that pops to my head, but you did it as well. So just, we don't go huge X's and O's in this show, but just a, an overview from coaches listening that are interested in that style of defense. Can you just give us an overview and why you, why at that time you were leaning towards that defense and why you liked it? Yeah. So I was fortunate to um, coach some very physical and athletic corners at Berkner. Akeem Tlaib was yes, one yeah, of them. And, and so we, we started, and that's when, I mean, the RPO game wasn't as prevalent back then, but I felt if you could get your hands on that number one and really reroute them, disrupt that, then you have an outside backer and a safety on, on the slot. Um, and, you know, it's a numbers game and, and, and life would be a lot easier. Yeah. And um, so just the disruption and, and the physicality of, of of out there on the perimeter and getting our hands on those guys, uh, was was really what we wanted to do and i mean to be honest with you i mean the 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 passing game as far as where offenses were trying to attack us you know it was quick game it was yes. bubble screen it was it wasn't it wasn't really a vertical passing game that we, that we would see a lot of and so we felt good about okay if we, we have a hard corner just sitting there that's going to take away a lot um and then we could do some other things with with, with you know defending the run um, if we can eliminate the, those edges with, with our physical corners. And that's what we try to do. I love that. And honestly, that's something that I wish I had heeded some of what, or tried more of what we had talked about at Aldine 
because I, I do feel that way. Whether I'm at Ridgepoint or Aldi and really any level of football, I feel like you really want to take away that quick game on the perimeter, the screen right. game these days. Like, I think that's, that's monumental. So I like that portion of it. Another thing that I kind of noticed at Aldean, uh, we just had a lot of trouble, like, you know, what used to be kind of a routine six, seven yard run would turn into 80 real quick, you know? Mm -hmm. And I just, I don't know if also having those deep safeties kind of helps you just at least stop the bleeding, at least make the tack. I don't know. I'm just speculating, but did you feel any of that? Like if, if you were playing against a really fast kind of team, could, did that help you at least yeah, let explosive plays turn into touchdowns, having those deep safeties at all? Or, or I'm just we, we like to, you know, our philosophy is, um, you know, we're, we're going to make you drive the field yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and the more opportunities that you have to make a mistake, you know, more, more times than not, you know, offenses are, whether it be a turnover or, or you know, a penalty and now they're in third and long. So, you know, just a favorable situation for the defense. So we, we never want to give up the big play. And so that, that, that's where it also started with having those two high safeties back where, um, you know, hey, let's live to see another day. Let, let's make teams drive the field and, and beat us and not where we're beating ourselves. And I'm sorry, Coach, I misspoke earlier. I mean, obviously, you're running the cover two to try to be safer. When, when I was talking about the all-out bliss team, that was New Caney Porter that you were showing me. They took an yeah, opposite yeah, approach. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They said, hey, we're not the best, most talented team. We're going to just go zero and house and, blitz you all. Absolutely, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and I'm just curious because, like, you know what? Even though that is the op – I'm, I'm more like you. I'm a zone guy. I, I like to just not give up big plays, fit, you know, be sound, all that. I actually – I'm the exact opposite of that coach or not – or that scheme. I mean, I, I don't know yeah. the coach, but um, I actually kind of like that they have an identity. To be honest with you, like if, if you're struggling, like at least they hang their hat on that, and the kids get good at. It. I'm just kind of curious, what were your? I, I forget your thoughts at the time, but like, what were some of your thoughts on that completely alternate strategy when you're struggling of, of just trying to heat people up and make something happen? You know, I think it also goes back to to what what your thoughts are on what your offense can do. You know, right, if, right, if you right, feel right, good right. about your offense and um, you know, that can move the ball up and down the field and um can and then have problems scoring points, to be honest with you. Then then yeah, you, you can be a lot more aggressive defensively for sure. Right. And we've evolved defensively to to we play a lot more man than I used to, um, yeah. just because we've had the, the ability to move the ball on people and, and score some more points. But um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, in, in man and really what what I've learned since you know, uh, my cover two days at Berkner and early on at Eglina Park, you know, our deals, they, yeah, you're in man coverage, but they still got to throw and catch it. And for whatever reason, you know, I'm not a quarterback guru or whatever, but people's, there's a lot of people that struggle to throw the football and, and catch the football. And, um, and so even though hey, you may have a busted coverage or they may beat us or they're, they got us by a step or two, they, they still got to throw and catch. So, um, you know, that's a, that's a philosophy that I've, learn to embrace a little more than early in my career. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, I, I, I love all that. Now the, the cool thing, I was talking to Dave, uh, David Wilkinson about this, like at that time, all three of us, you know, we're not being successful as head coaches. And I mean, look at me, I'm hosting a podcast now, so I'm not like you guys, but I'm so proud of my guys <laughs> that the, our little fraternity, you uh, were the defensive coordinator, Tombo all the way to the state semifinals. And then David, mm -hmm. You know, after two straight 0 and 10 seasons, Baytown Lee that he shared, he went to, he was at state last year as an offensive yeah. coordinator for the Bernie Gray. Oh, yeah. It just, it kind of just goes, to, and, and, and not to say, again, your, your stories are rare. I mean, a lot of us, when we struggle, we're not going to, you know, rebound to those kinds of heights, right? But 
it's possible. And both right. of you guys, you just kept moving forward, getting better, getting better. And so it just goes to show it can happen, man. We're all evolving right at all times. Like it, it just, cause you're struggling. If you're listening now and you're at a place where you're struggling, just it's not over. Right. It's, it's not the right. end. So do you want to speak to that at all? Cause it is pretty an amazing story. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, you know, my, my deal is hey, you work hard and you treat people right. Things are going to go your way at some point. And, and I was fortunate to, um, you know, Vince Silo was my AD at Galena park. And then in 2016, he got the Humball ISD athletic director job. And so in 17, when he hired Kevin Flanagan, um, that's the head coach, he called me, he goes, Hey man, I think, I have a good situation here for you and your boys and your wife. Would you be interested in talking to coach Flan? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then coach Flan and I talked and um, he saw that he couldn't live without me as it's DC. So we, here we are. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. You still got that good sense of humor. Now, now in all seriousness though, like I kind of remember, and I mean, obviously you were very positive at Galena park, but I kind of felt like even when I saw you at Tomball, man, and it's part of just not being the head coach anymore. Now you're just yeah. doing your what you love, man, coaching that defense. And I remember those days at Ridgepoint. Those are the happiest days of my life. And I, I just felt like yeah. you had this even more renewed pep in your step, and you're just so happy and, and just, just having fun. That's why I want to talk about the athletic coordinator piece. Now, again, I don't know if you had the same experience at Galena Park. It sounds like it was a great culture, and you know everything was really highly functioning there. But for me – I did struggle with that piece. I think for a lot of young coaches, when you're going from position coach to coordinator and you're dreaming of being a head coach, you just think about Friday night. Right. You do not think about mediating when, you know, a volleyball coach and a girls basketball coach are, are fighting over gym space or athletes, or Absolutely there's a baseball not. parent who's upset. Like you do not. And, and I was not ready. Granted the the success at Ridgepoint was a blessing for me. I got my first head job at third or my only head job at 30. So I was very young. Sometimes I wish, man, I just kind of wish I would have been older, you know, there's so much more yeah. I could learn. I, I was green. I was very green at that time, man. But I really found I was not, I was not expecting that piece of it, that part of the chair, the football, man, you know, we didn't do great, but I'm, I'm proud of what we did just like you were. Yeah. I, I think we did a lot of good things. I really do. You know, especially that win against Nimitz was a big one, but I mean, I think we did a lot of good things. What can you say about that other piece of it? Cause I think that's a lot of, I think a lot of my listeners that are not, that want to be a head coach are interested, but you probably, you don't. I do believe in the saying, you don't know until you sit in that chair. And right. so I'm just kind of curious your, your take on that part of your role. Yeah, I 100% agree that the football aspect of it, you, that's, you know that. Um, and that's not the most difficult piece. And I'll never forget my first spring semester at Galena Park. I had no idea what I was walking into as far as just the time commitment. And, and you know, with, with the boys and, and my wife, like, you're gone every night with junior high track, with high school track. I mean, you know, with Tuesday night soccer, and that's something that you you can't relate to because you've never done it. Um, but you know, it's a learning experience. And I will say to, to anybody listening that that's hadn't been a head coach, or um, you know, it's all about obviously time management. But but the biggest thing that that I try to take from it when you have issues with your other sports or whatever, well, that's that's their number one priority and concern and amen well that's said. as you're as an athletic coordinator that's how you should treat it because just like when something happens in football well that's my number one concern where okay yeah i may not want to deal with it right now but they want you to deal with it as that's that's their top priority right then and so um you know I, not that i'm perfect at it but but i try to have that mindset where yeah i may think hey this coach is beating me down with this or whatever but he's that's their concern because they only want you know the best for their program and and it's my job to make sure that that happens or to give them 
um, you know, the support that I need, regardless if it's football season or not. And, and so I think that's really important. Very well said, Coach. I mean, I think that's the hard part is when you come from being a coordinator and you're used to being a part of the cog, you know, you're a part of I was a part of the cog at Ridgepoint High School. And all of us, all the coaches from the various sports got along really well. And we're all like in it together. And so then when you get to a situation where now you're the your man and you have these head coaches coming to you and you're right. They just love their kids and their programs and they're fighting. Right. For them. That's all that it is. And I, I didn't realize that at first I kind of was just like, man, why can't we all be team players? You know, like, why can't we just all do what's best for the kid and, and just do be? And I still believe in that. I still believe the highly functioning athletic programs do put the kid first at the end of the day, squash any other little differences and, and, and put, keep that in mind, but it's human nature to fight for your program. And so it helped me understand that as time went on, I definitely saw, saw what you were seeing too. Yeah, for sure. Now, as far as Tomball, you know, that run you had all the way to the state semis, I would categorize that as I would categorize it as a Cinderella run. I mean, I'm in the media, you know, covering stuff like I don't think a lot of people had Tomball going through their brackets to that level. They did not. No. Can you speak to that, man? Because I experienced it my first year coaching. I was at Clements. We we were 13 to one, lost to Katie in the regional final. It helped that Derek Carr was our quarterback. That helps a little bit. And we had a bunch of other great players, too, you know, but. I was a part of that where nobody saw it coming. And then there we were, you know, the funny thing I always joke about is, and me and uh, Wilkinson were, were laughing about this. Uh, my first year was 13 and one. My last year was only 10. So if you coach yeah. long enough, you will see it all, you know, yes, but, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but coach talk about that run, man. I think it's almost sweeter when no one sees it coming, man. Is, is that, was that the case or what was that run like it, in the state semis? It, it, you know, the, 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 the most memorable thing for me is my youngest was a senior that year and played middle yeah. linebacker for us. And the yeah. fact that, that I got to go through that with him and just, I can't even put into words what, what it meant to me and us and just uh, the, the, you know, the memories that we'll, we'll have for the rest of our life, but it was a, such an up and down year. So we started off six and oh and coach Flan before the season, our head coach got COVID like a severe case of it. So um, I, I was wound up being interim coach uh, for the first six games and that's why we were six and oh, by the way. But, um, and so he came back. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Love it. I love it. <laughs> um, he came back and you know, thank God he, he was okay. And, and, you know, um, and he's a great dude and been, been a great, I mean, it means a lot to me. But, um, so we lost, um, three in a row. So we were six and three heading into the last game of the, of the regular season that we had to win to get in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. we lost we're done yeah. and the, the roster that we had uh i mean we we had no business not making the playoffs with some of the dudes we had you know our quarterback went to west point mm-hmm. we had dudes up front. i mean we were really we we had a really talented group so anyway it's 14 all at half against klein in week 10 and we're all walking off here like oh my god like we lose this i mean we may be looking for jobs you know and then so mm-hmm. um from that point forward we went on a run in the second half and then um played Cy Park uh that first round game on a Thursday and, and Harold Perkins and they were 10 and 0 they were loaded yeah I mean they they walked out to the middle of the field to for the coin flip and I'm looking at Harold Perkins like thank God I'm not playing in this game I mean that dude <laughs> right um but anyway so they and this is how you know this is how Tomball was thought of at the time so Cy Park played a Saturday game their last regular season game. We played on Friday night. Yeah. And they they agreed to play us on a Thursday night. Interesting. Okay. So of course we use that to like the, this is what these guys think of you. Right. And right. so we got out there um and things went our way early. We jumped on them and 
you know, they run the slot T and all that. So we thought if we could get up on them early and, and put them in deficit in, in, and we got up on them and um, things wound up going our way and we won the ball game and the Cy Park was a lot of people's picks to win the region. Yeah. Um, and so like, golly, okay, well, you know, check that box round one, you know, round two beat Willis who we, we beat first round. Um, and then round three, and this, this is the game I'll never forget. So we played Rockwall Heath. And with me being from Dallas, my youngest son played, grew up playing baseball, like from year four till we moved with all of the, the Rockwell Heath boys, like the quarterback, Josh Hoover, who's at TCU. And so that had some extra incentive and motivation that we wanted to, to beat those guys. But I mean, they, they, they were the other team that everyone was picking out, uh, picking to win our region. Um, and they were low, you know, five D ones on offense and just a really great coach, really good team. And, uh, played them on a Saturday night in Alamo Dome and, and got on them early and, and held them, just played keep away, really, to be honest with you. Um, they only ran 32 plays offensively because we just we moved the chains, um, kept moving the ball, running the football. We, we only threw one pass that game. Wow. Uh, <laughs> wound, up, wound up holding on, beating them, and then um, in the regional final got to host the game and, and played Bridgen, which was which was unbelievable, packed house, and, yeah. um, you know, found a way to, to, to make that happen. And then yeah, I ran into a buzzsaw in the final four against Reed Heim and, and Denton Geyer. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, magical year. I, I, I can't say enough about it, just the, the memories and um, what we got to experience. No, and it's funny, like, you know, that's the thing. Like, you knew you had, you knew you had good players, but the yeah. media didn't know yet. And maybe no. it's one of those things where it's like, you know, West Point versus LSU for Harold Perkins or like a, a lagway right. at Willis who's you know going to yeah. go wherever he wants to go and so maybe the media was slow to catch on but you inside that field house you probably knew we got something here <laughs> we did we did we, we knew yeah. our quarterback was special and we knew we could we could run the football on people yeah. and shorten yeah. the game and give us an opportunity um and you know when we popped Cy Park and, and again that you know they were a lot of people's pick to, to be in the state semifinal and final and so was Rockwall Heath mm-hmm. um so Beating Cy Park really gave us confidence that, that we could compete with anybody in the state if we played well. Um, and so just just like you guys did at Ridge Point, we kind of got on a run and yeah. and got that confidence, and uh, it was a heck of a ride. So Coach Flanagan then moves on. You know, uh, after all that success, he he gets to be promoted up to athletic director, I guess, for the retiring Vince Sebo, you know, I, I believe yes. was the up. Correct. So that makes- yep. And, um, you know, you, you get to become the the head coach at, at Tomball, man. And I, I, I saw your team early. Uh, I went, I think I did your Klein game, I think last season, I believe. And I, okay. I remember looking at the team and I, I did know that you graduated a lot. We did. And, we did. uh, you know, I, I, I think that you guys are still extremely talented. I mean, Christian Womack is just, is once in a, one oh, a it's, it is, it's a, he's a monster. Yeah. But it is hard to replace that level of production. And Klein is really, really, really good. Coach Hallmark does an awesome job out there. And I, as I'm watching the game, I kind of felt like Klein had the upper hand or was going to mm-hmm. prevail as I'm kind of commentating this game. But then I just noticed some things, man. I just noticed like what I, and I, as an old coach, like when I'm broadcasting a game, a lot of times I watch like the sideline. <laughs> I think a lot of broadcasters yeah. may not do that, but I liked a lot of what I saw. You know, I liked a lot of the demeanor. I saw just guys coming on and off the field. And I, I kind of started getting this feeling like they're going to come back and win this game. And you did. And sure. so I do, I host another show during the fall called H town pick them. It's me and my old nose guard from Ridgepoint. We pick high school games, just like a college game day. And yeah. there's no money involved, but just the figure of speech. I made a lot of money picking Tomball. <laughs> People didn't think you're going to beat Cy Woods. 
I also I called that game and I called it correctly. I said, watch out, yeah. these guys got something. I don't think anybody thought you were gonna beat New Caney coming in there after they oh, beat Tom not, no. and everything. And they did and I I I picked, you can go back and look. I picked, I said Tom Ball's got something special. My good friend Dave Handel got something <laughs> cooking over there. And can you just talk about that? Because I did sense that man from your team. Like again, maybe not the the bevy of returning production from the year before right. or anything, like a lot of like, new, you know, a newness to it, but um, with with one special player, obviously, you know, I, yeah, I feel, but he, for sure. What, what do you um, what do you attribute that to? So for coach, all, all of us want that, right? All of us as coaches, we're trying to create that culture, you know, and and coaches know what it looks like. How do you, is it something that you're you're like focusing on, or is it just a great group of players that have that attitude, or like what? How do you create that kind of attitude uh, in a football team? You know, one of our core values is finish, and we talk to them all the time about finish. Doesn't matter where we are in the first quarter, second quarter, third quarter. It's about how we finish in the fourth quarter, and, and our kids have really bought into that, and they never feel like they're out of a game. Um, and you know that Klein game, we were down fourteen um, late in the third quarter That's and right. found a way to to come back, which was a huge win. And you know, like I said, Klein is a really good football team, very athletic. Yeah. Um, and that kind of got us going in, in district because we came out very slow, you know, in our non-district games, but. Um, you, you know, it, our, our kids are, are, are really coachable. Um, they compete their butts off and they've really bought into that fact that, that we're, we're going to finish everything that, that we start. Now, one thing I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask, and I mean, I, I as a broadcaster, I have the privilege uh, of going to a bunch of different high school football stadiums, working for Dactronics. I have the privilege of visiting a bunch of high school football stadiums. I think, and I love Katie. I'm a Katie guy now. I love legacy yeah. and roads, but man, that Tomball ISD stadium is something special. Oh, it's it's it amazing, really is man! Beautiful. Mm -hmm. If if you, if you're listening and you haven't been out there yet, please go up there to the northwest side and check out a game. And also, I got to talk about that beautiful Dactronics video board there. Yo, you guys have the best walkout I have ever seen, and it's not just Dactronics. I'm sure you have Musco lighting. That's a huge part of it too. Uh, yeah. But you you come out there busted with ACDC, right? You know, you you are jamming some ACDC. And the players get to run. I, I've coach. I've never seen anything like that in high school football. Ads that are listening, if you haven't checked that out yet, I, that's my prediction. Is if eventually all of these stadiums will be doing something. But you guys are the pioneers. Did you're an idea guy? Did, did you think of that? Is, is this is this, so, is this a Dave Handel creation? Well, I hate, I hate it's Metallica. It's oh, it's uh, Metallica. I'm sorry, my yeah. bad. Metallica. Yeah, no, Metallica. you're good. So, um, you know, Coach Flan was a bit, you know, and he's an AM guy too, yeah. uh, just like myself, and so he. When, when he was the head coach, he had, the, the, you know, the um, some things A&M was doing. And so I'll never forget one night he texted me and the son's like, hey, wh wh what's your song going to be? It's like, song? Song for what? And he goes, that you guys are going to run out to. I was like, well, give me a bit, you know. And so um, I'm, a, I'm a guy that, you know, looks at, at everything and studies and all that. So um, and actually had a conversation with my two boys. Hey, you know, what, what's the best scene in college football? What's the best entrance? And so, uh, Virginia tech does enter Sandman and it's Sandman. unbelievable. And so, um, and so we're like, okay, that's what we're going to do. And then, um, our administration. So, so supportive and the people at our stadium, you know, so they, they would turn the lights off and our cheer and band and all, all those guys got on board with it, um, and drill team. And so, um, you know, you're not the first one that, that that's made a comment about that as far as our interests and, and you know, our kids love and it, it, it's it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Now, coach, this is a you know, we're kind of getting to the end of the coaching portion. A couple more questions for you. You know, I, I, I'll always share with the listeners. I never I don't think I've ever told you this, but, you know, I came from a dysfunctional household. You know, my, my dad was abusive and stuff. And so as I was entering high school. 
I was the kind of kid that was like really had lost respect for him at that point, was desperately seeking a father figure, a male role model. And I found that in my high school football coaches, all of them. And in sure. particular, my O-line coach, uh, Richard Kitterman, who's now the offensive coordinator at Cy Falls, you know, and very successful, you know, in his own way. Oh, brain. okay. Yep. And he was just awesome, man. And I just, I looked at that and I looked at him and his family and I was like, that's, that's what a family should look like. A dad, a husband should look like. And, you know, I guess that for that reason, I'm very protective of, of coaching and athletics. And so when I see any, when I see people trying to scale back on athletics or being negative at games, and now that I'm a, I'm a commentator, I'm in the stands, sometimes I see negative parent behavior or, you know, yelling at coaches or yelling at officials. And like that stuff really gets my goat, man. I'll be honest with you. Like, cause I, I understand what athletics is really about. Cause I was one of those kids that needed it. Um, can you speak to that at all? You know, um, do you see some of that negative behavior at times, you know, and, and if so, uh, how, how do we, cause a lot of my, most of my guests say that they do see some of that and they're seeing some problems there. David Wilkinson was actually really interesting. He, he took the opposite approach. He, he, he said in the Bernie community, it's great. He was just very much like, Hey, we really don't see a lot of that. Like I'm actually, he's actually really right. positive about their, their culture out there, but I'm just curious, do you see any of that kind of stuff? And if so, like, how can we fight against that? Because I, it, when, I think we do need to guard against that because athletics really should be a thing to be celebrated, not to bring ne negativity into. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's a great question. So um, in Tomball, no, we, we don't see a whole lot of that. Uh, we have great parents. We have great support. Um, you know, they're bought into to what we're trying to do, um, not only athletically, but just the culture we try to try to build right. in our kids. Right. I, I think that the social media aspect is where we, where I see predominantly a lot of that, just bashing coaches, bashing athletics right, and right, right. where they put so much emphasis on the Friday nights and the games where they don't see behind the scenes that, you know, you have all these coaches that truly care about these kids, that they're the reason why those kids go to school. I mean, they're, they're the reason why yes. those kids yes. graduate where, where they do where you know, they're, unfortunately we do deal with some kids that come from dysfunctional families yeah. where, I mean, it's real easy for them not to not to be a part of anything and just right. hey, I'm, I'm going to drop out. Where you know, so many coaches play such a such a positive role in in a lot of these kids' lives that you know, it's not you don't people you know people on social media they don't see that stuff. Right. They they they, right. they just see the scores. Okay, you know, this team went one and nine or or whatever the case may yeah. be. This coach yeah. went four on fourth down and didn't get it, and and so they focus on that and just want to hammer on that. Where there's so many more positives in high school athletics that 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 are being um modeled by by you know so many good people and so many good coaches that's a great point man and it almost kind of makes me think like maybe back in the day these same complaints were happening but it's just happening at the dinner table back home and like now it's in there it's in the atmosphere it's in the social media sphere it's like we're human beings we see it i'm sure as coaches we try to keep our focus on what but i'm sure i'm sure you see or some of those things from time sure. to time and so like we're all human beings man i mean it doesn't feel good, you know, to, to, to see that kind of stuff. But like for you, like as a coach, what do you tell young coaches? And all of us now, and especially young people, they're having to deal with social media that you and I did not have to deal with growing up. Right. So whether it's coaches or your players, how do you teach them and guide them to deal with some negativity they may encounter in social media? Well, you know, just to be themselves. And if you believe in something that, then, you know, that that's, don't let someone just because you read something or, or someone that, that you hear that, you know, if that's what you believe in, then, then hey, take a stand. That's what we're going to do. You know, we're going to do this. This is what I'm about. If you don't like it, I'm sorry. But, you know, at the end of the day, this is what I feel is right for our kids. And, and we're always going to do what's right for our kids. And, and so I can feel feel good about that when I go to bed every night. And I know that, you know, I think the biggest thing with young coaches that 
even as a, as a, as a young head coach or um, a first couple of year head coach, you try to make everyone happy. Like, yeah. and whether you Great agree point. with, Great with, point. with what they're saying or not, that, you know, you go out of your way. Hey, I just, I don't want to have to listen to that. We're now, you know, I'm not going to make everyone happy, but I know we're doing the right thing. And just, you accept the fact not everyone's going to be happy with, with, with what you're doing or, or, or what's going on, but I truly believe I'm doing the right thing and our kids are taken care of. And that's that at the end of the day, that's what matters. Coach, that's an awesome point. And I mean, me, I, I'm a people pleaser by nature. I mean, that's just, that, that is what it is. That's kind of my personality. And so I, I sometimes I do think like, yeah, I would have been better if I'd have been older, more experienced as a, as an athletic coordinator and head coach. But sometimes I think maybe I'm just not cut for, from that cloth for that role. You know, like my, my best days were as an assistant. I thought I was really good at that, you know, but you're right. When you're, when you're sitting in that chair, you're not going to make everybody happy. You know, you're just not fun. But okay, so now as far as some of the fun stories for you, coach, man, Aqib Tlaib, that's definitely a guy that I, I definitely remember very well. Uh, a first round pick, number 20 out of Kansas to the Tampa Bay yep. Buccaneers. 11-year NFL career, that is not easy to do. Two-time All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler uh, for the Bucks, Pats, Broncos, Rams, finished with the Dolphins. So very very long career. I know he got into like uh, broadcasting. I saw him do a little bit of broadcasting. He was, he was awesome. He was yeah. unbelievable. So just, just talk to us about, uh, and, and it's also really cool to come out of a place like Kansas, not, not your typical football factory and no. he's still a top 20 pick, you know? So like, just tell us everything about a keep to leave, man. I, I really can't wait to hear what, what he was like as a, as a person there when you coached him. Well, he hadn't changed. He's still the same, same Akeem. I mean, yeah. what, what you hear on the broadcast or when he was doing that, that that's him. I mean, he's a dynamic, uh, personality type guy and um you know when we got him um at Bergner his sophomore year I mean he was so he was super talented yeah you know and then like I said that we we had big corners like that that could play some cover too and oh, um but um and the funny thing about Akiba and, and you alluded to Kansas was his only division one offer interesting did not yeah. know that okay. and, and so I don't know if you remember um Akeeb's it was junior, junior or senior, they won the Orange Bowl, and that's unheard of for right, Kansas. Right, yep. And, you know, Keeb's running around throwing oranges and me and the key. But um, we all knew he was super talented and had enough talent to to be successful and at some point play on Sundays if, um, you know, he kept his act straight, which sometimes yeah. was hard for a key. But <laughs> um, he, he he figured it out, and, and man, he's, you know, I got an opportunity to to see him at spring break. Went back and saw Berkner's new uh, indoor facility, and the key was there. And just yeah, um, you know, he's still the same at Keeb, <laughs> and we, we laughed. And uh, That's but awesome. yeah, it, it, those that type of talent doesn't come around often. So when you see it, you appreciate it. And um, you know, when you ask me that question, he's always the, the and and Coach Gomez asked me that question too, and he's the first first guy that came to mind for sure. You're right about you know, I coach some really good teams at Ridgepoint, but when I think of like guys that I coach that that went to like a pros at his level like all pro or like big time name the one guy that i really think of is Derek carr and i crossed for a very short period. i was a first year coach i was the freshman b team coach i did not coach him but you know he was yeah. friendly to everybody and so i remember one day and i've told this story in the show many a time but he, it was in the it was in the off season and he was just throwing routes on the field and i was just mm -hmm. up there hanging out after school after you know wait wait workout and talking to him and i said hey Derek, you know at that time the spread was really becoming in vogue and our bitter rivals down the road at Fort Ben Elkins were running the spread. And so they had a quarter net back named Burke Halter, who was really pitching it around the yard and putting up big stats, way bigger than Derek's stats at that time, you know? And I yeah. said, Derek, do you ever wish, because at the time we were running an I formation, you know, pro style, you know, and, and I said, Derek, do you ever wish we could, we ran the spread like Elkins does. So you could put up some of those kinds of numbers like, like Burke Halter. 
no hesitation, looks me right in the eye, probably what, 17-year-old kid, and he said, not at all, coach. And I, I was kind of taken aback by that. And I said, really? Why? And he said, I want to play in the NFL. I, I'm going to, I remember, I think I'm going to play in the NFL one day. Yeah. And I want to make NFL throws. And that's what we do here at Clements. We run the bootleg. I'm throwing deep comebacks. Like I want to make yeah. those throws. What, what they do at Elkins, that's not what they do on Sundays. Right. The conviction, the, the, the just, just his mindset. I, I, I've always said pro athletes, they're just built different, not just physically, but also up here in between, you know, between the years mm -hmm. was a key also like that. Was, was, or did you, I know you said you, you saw Sunday written all, all over him, but like, was there something different about also like the mindset? I'm curious. I've never seen someone compete yeah, and, and want to win like he did. And yeah. I mean, even as a sophomore playing on the varsity and, and you know how it is when you have some of the sophomores, they're, they're quiet. They're not, they're scared to death to get in. Um, you know, a senior's face or whatever, but yeah. it, it keep button. I mean, he, he it was he wanted to win that bad, and he would do anything that that he could to to make that happen. If it meant getting in a, in a teammate's face, that's a senior and it's been there for two years, and that that's the biggest thing that that stands out with the key. And just I'm gonna go a little bit off topic, but just to, I don't want to forget about this. Where did Christian Womack end up signing? Purdue. 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 Wow, Grace. Yeah, Man, they got a good one. They very, did. They did. Very, it, very it was a crazy story. So everyone that came in, you know, with the transfer portal now, hey, coach, we're, we're going to yeah. take one running back from the portal. And so we, we just didn't get it anyway. He, he committed to Blinn, and, and this yeah. is a, a great story of just being patient and good things happen to good people. Well, Purdue comes calling in April. And long story short, he, they they offered him, and, and y'all never forget the run-up because Christian texted me, when, hey, hey, coach, the running back coach at Purdue is about to call you. And I'm like, heck yes, you know. Yeah. Um, and he called, he's like, Coach, what's wrong with him? I was like, what do you mean, what's wrong with him? He's like, how has he not been offered by a power five? He's like, Coach, we, we ask ourselves that daily. He goes, you know, does he make good grades? Absolutely. Has he got in trouble with the police or anything? No, he's a great kid and does does everything we ask, you know, one of our captains. And yeah. so um, they offered, and he's up there right now, and he's he's going to be special. That, that I, I'm a Michigan fan, and so I am. I'm happy, but also kind of like a little bit of nervousness because like that, that's a huge one. That is, and I was wondering the same thing. And I, I know that he wasn't. I mean, I'm watching these games. Like he's that kind of guy to like after the game, he's like got his pads off and talking to a little kid and stuff. Like, I mean, he's that kid. And he, so I'm he, like, he man, he looks like such a great kid, you know, um, but super happy, happy to hear that because again, yeah. I was kind of like, why is he not getting these offers? So very happy to hear that worked out. Yeah. Uh, you also coached Ugo Chinasa and that's your, uh, you coached him in high school. He's your current DC. He was a defensive end for the Oklahoma state Cowboys. And so he was. that's a pretty cool one to get him back on staff. So talk about that one. Yeah. So you, you go with, um, you know, when, when coach you led go. turned, um, turned the tides at Bertner, you know, having good players like, you know, Akib and you go were definitely help for sure. Um, but, uh, he, you know, it's funny when we got you going seventh grade, tall, lanky kid thought I was a basketball player. And so, um, anyone to play receiver. And so, you know, with kids like that, yeah, you put them wherever they want to play. Cause they look like that. And then, yeah. you know, when they get to high school, dude, you, you're not a receiver. Plus we run the triple. We ain't throwing you the football. So right, right, right. get your butt over here with the DNs and go to work. And so yeah. anyway, he, um, he had a lot of, you know, opportunities to go play, um, at some really good places, um, after high school. Had had some basketball offers, but wound up settling in Oklahoma State. And just you know, um, once he graduated and wanted to get into coaching, I hired him in Glena Park. So he's been me with been me with his whole career, and just to see him evolve and develop. And I mean, the guy's got a, just a stupid mind for football, um, a lot better mind than I do. I mean, I 
And, and so, but just seeing him grow and, and he's like one of my, my own sons yeah. and it, it just every day. I mean, it's a reminder that I'm old seeing him, his butt in the field house every day, but just it, nothing makes me happier than, than seeing that guy. And, um, you know, him, him having the success that he has. All right. So ADs listening, keep that name on your radar. I've heard, I'm bookmarking that one to think as far as in the next couple of years, I'll, I'll probably say in that name, uh, it's some program that he's leading in the next couple of years for sure. I hope not, man. Don't say well, that. Yeah, not in your district, maybe <laughs> somewhere else. <laughs> that'll be tough to, to compete against but this one is awesome drew timmy the mustache the stash himself man i love this guy yeah so you know he's a richardson pierce kid and we yeah. my, my oldest son grew up with him and you know the funny story about him is they played ymca basketball together as kindergartners that's awesome. and i i was i was the coach and of course i'm gonna take credit for everything that that drew oh, timmy's turned into because i mean yep. as i should um but you know him being a kindergartner, we, we played at the YMCA, eight foot goals, and Drew was a monster back then. Yeah. Um. And so the best thing about that deal, of course, you know whoever we're playing thinks that Drew's like in fifth grade, fourth grade, because he could, you know, touch the backboard and almost the rim at that point as a kindergarten. And so his mom, Megan, who I'm sure you've seen on TV, just because yeah. they're super supportive and awesome, would actually carry his birth certificate around with her in in her purse because he <laughs> gets so it. fired up it's like he is not you know uh, a nine-year-old ten-year-old and right. so he, he'd be showing people in the stands like he is a kindergartner and that's i love that um, story and of course we beat the fire out of people with him yeah. so <laughs> now I, I granted i'm just curious and again this is very young you know, of course there are some kids that just develop earlier but like again just not talking about his height or size or anything because again kids are growing so different but like did you ever notice even at that age i'm just curious for someone like drew timmy who's a three-time all-american did you kind of just see like this kid just has something about him that's just unique i'm just curious yeah maybe because not. he <laughs> played he, he had the ability to play point guard and that's what he wanted to do is bring the ball up right, like drew, right, right, right. Butt on the block you're going to work yeah but you know there are times he take the the ball um you know the inbound out and just go coast to coast and he yeah. just had ball skills and was athletic yeah. and um you know, he played baseball with us too. Um, and actually that that's what his dad wanted him to, to get into was baseball. And, and yeah. obviously he made the he made the correct choice. But yeah, I, I can't say enough about Drew and their family and they're just, they're just great people. Now this is fun, man. I always ask for fun stories whenever I send my little pre pre-show questions. And like I can tell you're you're a funny guy, you're a great storyteller because you have like four more stories listed. I can't wait to hear these. Um, the first one is the plant story. What is that, coach? <laughs> so when when you ask, I mean, I, I'm just that guy, crazy stuff happens to. I mean, you yeah, ask him about yeah, work yeah. with my wife, my kids, like, Dad, this only happens to you. I mean, so <laughs> I kind of label black smoke just because of the crazy stuff that happens to me. So right. Um so the plant story, and so I just kind of stuck with stories that have happened to me recently because we'd yeah. be here all night if I told you all the crazy <laughs> ones. Um, so the plant story happened recently, um, and, and for anyone that uh, is a head coach or you know coaching, I would say it's it's to your advantage to get in tight with your maintenance guys. Uh -huh. You definitely want those dudes on your side, right? Yeah. And so um, anyway, I uh, my booster club um, got me a plant. Uh, I don't know what it was called, but it's a really, it's a really nice plan about right. two, two and a half months ago. So it's in my office. Um, so one day I walked into my office and it looked kind of droopy. He needs some water, but more importantly, he wasn't getting sun because where it was located in my office. Uh -huh. And so I was like, Hey, I'll, I'll go put it outside the field house, let it get some sun. Cause I had a meeting at the stadium with coach Flan yeah. and come back and it'll be all good. So, you know, grab my plant, put it outside the field house. So we're right in the, you know, in the sun yep. and, and all that. So it was actually right outside my window of the office, hopped in my car, drove to the stadium for a meeting, came back, 
about an hour later, you know, after meeting with Coach Flan, and I come back and my plant's gone. Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm like, what's going on here? So um, I walk in, I, hey, has anybody seen my plant? You know, and the coach's like, what are you talking about? I was like, my plant's gone. <laughs> I'm like, like, dude, what are you talking about? I was like, the plant that's in my office is no longer here. I put it outside, needed some sun. Someone took it, and I thought they were screwing with me, which they always do. Yeah. Um, so I, thought, I was like, who has my plant? Um, anyway, so no one knew anything that I was talking about. So, um, one of our coach's wives had walked in, um, and was like, well, coach, I saw your plant like at 1140. It was it had blown over and it was, I was like, you saw my plant. So at 1140, it was still at the field house. And I got back at like 1152. And so you're like okay. Columbo now you're doing detective work. I like this. Oh this man. I, I was on. It's like, <laughs> okay. So it's like, all right, we got 12 minutes. So I call our APs and was like, do we have video access of out, <laughs> outside the field? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, why? I was like, okay, can you roll back the tape from 1140 to 1152 <laughs> and and just look to see if you can see if anything unusual is happening outside of my office in my office window? Like, Coach, why? And I'm like, God bless it. Someone stole my plant. Can you just see if someone took my plant? <laughs> And so sure enough, about 1148, this dude in Tomball ISD maintenance van pulls up, stops right outside where the plant is, picks oh. it up, and the 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 ribbon, the bow is still there from the booster club. The card's there, says, I mean, my name's still on the plant and the card. Yeah. Well, he picks the plant up and apparently, so we lose sight of where he went, but I, I think he went inside the field house <laughs> and then he huh? brings it back outside. And he puts it in his front seat. And I mean, all on video for God and everybody to see. And then drives off. And so I'm like, who is this dude? Yeah. I mean, he just stole my plant. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, my AP found the video. Obviously had the video. So I sent the video to, to, to Coach Bland. My AD is like, who's this dude? I mean, I'm just fired up. I'm like, what dude's going to steal a dude's plant, right? Yeah. And so... <laughs> <laughs> and so Coach Flan knew he was, so he emailed his name was Jabir. Okay. It was Jabir, I think there's been a uh, miscommunication. Mm -hmm. You accidentally stole Coach Handel's plant. He was just trying to get some sun for his plant outside, and you put it in your car and drove off. Um, can you please return the plant to Coach Handel at your earliest convenience? There may be a hat involved, you know, when you do. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, Coach, I'm not giving him anything. He stole my plant. And so... <laughs> That next morning, um, before I get there, he brings the plant back, and um, one of our assistant coaches was there. He goes, hey, is Coach Handel here? He goes, no, he's not here right now. Um, he goes, well, I have his plant for him. Uh, Coach Flan said, you know, for me to bring the plant back that I took yeah. and that he had a hat for me. He goes, yeah, he, he said he mentioned something about you take you took his plant. He goes, well, I love plants. I'm a big plant guy. Yeah. And so that's why he took my plant. I guess he thought it was just his for the taking. Yeah. He goes, well, is a hat around? And he's like, well, you're going to have to ask Coach Handel about that. And so, but <laughs> never, never, ne have never seen Jabir yet. And when he asked him about a plant, it's heck no, you're not getting a plant because you stole, you stole my plant. Or you're, oh, you're so not you still don't have it. He did not return. No, he, no, he, he, he brought the plant back, okay. Okay. but he wanted his hat for bringing it back. And he's not getting a hat. I mean, when I ever <laughs> see him and he asked for his hat, I was like, dude, I ain't getting you, getting your hat because you stole my plant. I got to get Coach Flan on the show, man. Like, like when you when you when you thought you'd become the athletic 
director, you know, of this massive district. Did you think you'd be doing detective work with Dave Handel and who stole his oh, plants? Oh, I mean, this is email. Yeah, I mean, but but the good thing he helped me help me find my plants. So the plants are all 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 good and back where it belongs. Okay, hey, if anybody's listening, if if you're ever in Tomball, Texas. If you see stuff sitting up that's not yours, keep your mitts off of it because <laughs> they will find <Yeah>. you. <laughs> Especially a plant, no doubt. Okay, now that that was a great start, Coach. I can't now. Your next one says stars tickets. So I don't know what you did for these. <laughs> yeah, again, so uh, black smoke. Um, I, I'm not real good at ordering stuff online, yeah. and so the stars were. I've seen the the um, Western Conference Finals this year. Yep, yep. and so. They go down 3-0 to, to Las Vegas, right? And yep. I'm a big Vegas guy. I love going to Vegas. So um, Monday night, um, they were down 3-0. Okay, so uh, they are playing game four in Dallas on Thursday. But I was like, God, how great would it be to go see the Stars in Vegas? Game five was Saturday in Vegas, right? And so I was like, I was talking about my wife's like, I'm going. And we, I am going to that game. And she's like, well, go. That's fine. Um, so I, I got online and bought I've never yes. met your wife, but she seems awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're I'm going to, to game five. Um, and again, I mean, game five Saturday night in Vegas. I mean, what could be better? Yeah. And so anyway, got online and I bought tickets, right? And I thought I bought tickets to game five. Oh no. Right? Yeah. I but I wound up buying game seven tickets in oh. Vegas. And so I mean, I, fi- I found a dude on the coaching staff to go with go with me that's from Dallas. He's all excited. Yeah. And I sent him, you know, screenshot, hey, we got tickets, we're rolling, you know, all we need is flights. And he's like, Dave, this is game seven. Oh, boy. And I was like, no, there's no way. And and so anyway, so long story short, I go back and I have to buy game five tickets. Yeah. (laughs) Because we have game, I mean, we're down 3-0. It's like game seven, probably not going to happen. So for those that don't know, the Vegas Knights are your Stanley cup champions. It's the Vegas gold. Anyway, long story short, got game five tickets. We got our flights and the stars had to win game four in Dallas on Thursday night. So, I mean, we have our, so um, we're watching this game. I mean, so nervous, so anxious to like, Hey, I I have game five tickets. Not to mention I have game seven tickets now. And so, you know, the Stars win game four in OT in Dallas. And so we're going crazy, like, heck yeah, we're going to Vegas game five. We wound up beating them in, in, in game five, which is awesome just to be yeah. in that arena and be in that, that setting. Um, so we fly back to Dallas on Monday. Monday night was game six in Dallas. And so by that point, it's like, man, I already have tickets. Yeah. I was like, if they win, I'm turning around and, and I'll, you know, I'm going back to game seven in Vegas. And so we got, all, we, we had a late flight and got off the flight and we already down three Oh, and yeah. they, they wound up knocking us out that night. But, um, and so I got them on seat geek. Uh-huh. And so whatever happened again, I'm not the best technology guy around and I screwed something up on that deal. So I wasn't able to get like my money back. I, I have what? a voucher. Yeah. I have a voucher. Oh. So I have a, Five hundred something dollars left on SeatGeek. It's the, I'll probably use on the Rangers at some point. Yeah. But yeah, hey, yeah, that, that the, the, uh, the, the whenever they come back into Houston, man. I mean, I know we they play a balanced schedule now, so it's not so many. Uh, yeah, the, uh, what's it called? The, what's the name of the cup that we play for? Uh, the uh, that 
Oh, the Governor's Cup? The Governor's no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cup. The boot, the boot. The boot, the boot. That's what I was looking for. So not yeah. so many of those games, but man, you, your Rangers, again, we're, we're filming this in July. This is going to release in October. So we'll see if the Rangers held off the Astros all the way in October. But uh, yeah, you actually, got, they're going to be in town there. this coming week. So, and I'm going Monday and Wednesday to, to the game. So I'm excited about that for sure. Hey, yeah. And as we're recording this, I've seen you guys like you're about to sweep Tampa Bay, which is awesome. I mean, I, a lot of Astros fans have were kind of poo-pooing the Rangers when you were ahead. And I was saying, like, no, like, these guys are good. We got to give them their due, man. So, I, yeah. Well, I, I live in an office with Astros fans, and I've taken a beating since I got here. And I, yeah. I have a little shelf with my Ranger bobblehead dolls. And yep. I walk in, and they're disappearing. I mean, they hide them from me and all that. people like to steal from you, Coach. I, I, am I, mean, not I know. I know. I, I, don't, I don't get it, man. We need to get you, like, a Simply Safe home security system for you. <laughs> <laughs> for your office but uh yeah. okay so uh now the next i can't this one's gonna be great the, an interview story what, what is this one yeah so um yeah this is crazy so two years ago um and i'm not gonna say where i was interviewing but i was in dallas interviewing and it was the last interview it was kind of step three and four where i was i was had an interview with the superintendent so it was getting down to hey this is probably going to happen right yeah. um so and of course, think back to Black Smoke is me because crazy <laughs> things happen. So of all the days I'm in Dallas, it's a freaking ice storm. Uh, yeah. So my, my brother lives in Dallas. So I stayed with him that night, woke up and ice is everywhere. And, and there's nothing worse, as you I mean, as you know, yeah. than oh, yeah. being late to an interview. Yeah. So, you know, I wake up plenty early. You know, I had no, no idea that the eye, you know, I mean, like it's Texas. It's not good. Whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. the weather is crazy. You and so, but sure enough, the ice has hit where the freeways are still good, but the bridges and overpasses were not. Yeah. And so I was in Dallas making my way to my interview. You know, I had my tight suit on and tie, you know, barely <laughs> breathe and all that. Worried about, I was like, man, is this going to be it? Are we about to be moving back to Dallas? Well, I get on a bridge and lose, lose control of my truck. Oh, no. And so I'm like, oh, my God. And so luckily I, I veered right, you know, out, out of harm's way. And then, then there's two or three cars behind me that just come and smoke me. Oh, And wow. so, I mean, fortunately, everyone, okay, but it was just a huge traffic jam that we were stuck on the bridge in Dallas. And it was, you know, 15 degrees and the yeah. windshield was stupid. And yeah. so I get out of the car, make sure everyone's okay. And um, I was like, well, you know, pretty sure I'm not going to make my interview on <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And so I have to call them up and my, I mean, the, my back bed is just basically almost all the way to my back seat. My lights are hanging. I mean, luckily wow. I can still drive. Yeah. So we had to wait for the police, you know, long story short, I mean, I, I, we were on that bridge for a couple hours. Yeah. And then again, force everyone, everyone was okay. So we can laugh about it now. But, uh, by the time, you know, I, I was released, I could, my truck was okay enough to drive. So, I called, you know, the my the AD and this says like, hey, I'm I'm gonna be late. I don't I have no idea when I'm gonna get there. Um, anyway, so finally made it there, super late. Have lunch with them, you know. It's like, okay, this, you know, with with my they're looking outside in the parking lot with my truck. That you got the truck to prove it that you're not lying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I'm not lying. I didn't wake up late. This really happened to my truck. Yeah. Um, and so wound up making it all the way back to Dallas after my interview and lunch and thought it went really well. And, um, you know, got home and then, um, it wound up not working out for me. You know, they called yeah. like, Oh, you know, we're going to go with yeah. you. You're not the guy. It's like, Oh my, um, how am I not the guy after I go through that? And I get, yeah. I'm I thought we bonded over that. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, who else does this happen to that? Get, this happens to 
you know, I have an interview with a soup and I get in a wreck and then wound up not getting the job, but, um, but it, it all worked out and we're, we can laugh yeah. about it now. So. Oh man, I love that. And the last one you got coach and the Bayou bowl, which is a, just an institution around here, man. I love yeah. coach Creech yeah, and coach so, Olin and all those guys that do that. So tell us your Bayou bowl story. Oh man. So I had just gotten the judge. This was last summer. I'd never been to a Bayou bowl. Mm-hmm. And so super excited. Um, was going to go help out all the guys on the GHFCA. Say, hey, whatever you need me to do, you know, I'll do. So like, hey, we need you to sell programs. Like, okay, cool, you know. Um, so they give you a little, you know, fancy Home Depot apron yeah. to put your money in. I mean, I was hooked up and I was, you know, greeting everybody as they walked in. And again, I got, I just gotten the Tomball head coaching job probably two weeks prior. And so feel, feeling good about myself, you know, um, can go watch the Bayou Bowl, you know, be around a bunch of good coaches and, and um, so as people are entering the game, you know, one of the biggest questions they always ask is, or what side, you know, is the East team side on sure, what side sure, is the West sure. team on? And you know, of course I, I would answer, and most people were, were super nice about it. And so this one kid comes up to me probably, you know, eight or nine, he goes, sir, what side are, you know, the East and West on? So I told him, um, um, and his dad's like, son, he doesn't know. He just works here. He just help. And I'm <laughs> What? Thinking, okay, man, you know, head coach at Tom, I just got my job, super fired up, doing good about myself. And yeah. this dude just knocks me down to like, okay, I'm just hired help here at the Bayou Bowl with my Home Depot apron on, <laughs> just taking money for, you know, programs and all that. And I just, I just bit my lip and just kind of nodded and was like, y'all have a nice night. <laughs> that could have been the whole, like, hey, do you, you know who I am? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, so, you no, know. You did the right thing. Um, yeah. You know, no, no to your list. Just, just don't forget where you came from. And I just kind of laughed it off. I'm like, did he just really say that? That I'm just here to help? And, you know, but anyway. That, so we, that's I, funny. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, those were good. I think the plant is still my favorite story, man. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> those were, no, those were four good ones. <laughs> now, as far as favorite teams, again, you listed first place Texas Rangers. So I got my Nolan Ryan throwback on yeah, for you. Yeah. Um, actually, I need to take a picture of that while you have that on. Because they, hey, yep. there you go. Yeah. Get, get, a, get a good snapshot of that. And, and uh, yeah, you see the guy wearing, wearing the Rangers gear. But first place Texas Rangers, you got the Mavs, uh, you got the Stars. Again, notable omission the Dallas Cowboys. You were not a fan of their business practices. So, we're, you know, Correct. that is not on here. And of course, you're fighting Texan and Aggies. That's right. I'm going to add one in here. We're going to do a Texas Ranger Mount Rushmore. We'll still finish with that. But let's okay. just, let's have a little fun. Let's do a start bench cut. That's the other kind that we do. I'm going to throw out three names for you. If you want to swap out one of these names, you can. But, okay. but I'm going to go – we're going to go start one, bench one, cut one. I'm going to put Steve Nash in there as a former MVP. Okay. I'm going to go Dirk, and I'm going to go Luca. Now, I understand Dirk and uh, Luca are more similar positions. Steve's a different position, but you kind of get the drill. You're just you're ranking who do you want on your team as a coach. So you got to start I mean, one, you got to bench one, you got to cut one. Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, Luka Doncic. That that's actually an easy one because Dirk brought us a, a world championship. So I'm okay. starting Dirk. Luca's on the bench, and then Steve, you got to go, buddy. Sorry. Oh, really? Okay. So what? I'm just you know, what, is there a reason why? No, I mean, it, and I like it. he he really got the Mavs back on the map, um, but. Um, you know, I, he was on the Suns when, when the, the Mavs right. won it all. So sure, he, sure. he's got some some villain in him in, in my eyes. But no, Dirk. I wish Dirk and Nash could have played longer together. To be honest with you, um, and then ho- hopefully at some point they'll they'll give Luke enough pieces around him where he can win one. My favorite all time Maverick was Michael Finley. Just F and oh yeah, 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 Wisconsin. Yeah. Was my, my favorite, but uh, yeah. 
I guess. Right, well, let, let's finish, Coach. We're at the end. That your Texas Ranger. We do Mount Rushmore. So your top four okay. favorite all time Texas Rangers. Yeah, that's tough because I grew up watching the Rangers, and that was such a big part of me growing up. But um, you know, you got to go Nolan Ryan number Absolutely. one. And as much as I hate that he played for the Astros, that he he brought. <laughs> Uh, you know, through two new no hitters for the Rangers, and then yeah. beat the fire out of Robin Ventura. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll yeah. always remember that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pudge Rodriguez, obviously, it was a big part My of favorite. Rangers history. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, you forget that he played for the Astros too, so that kind of eats at me a little bit. But <laughs> but he's got to be on there. Adrian Beltre was a part of that. Okay. You know, the, the world, the two World Series appearances, and then uh, Rusty Greer was a, just a. Yeah a guy that played the game the right way, played his whole career for the Rangers and just uh, played on some really bad teams, but then played, yeah. played on those really good teams in the nineties that started making the playoffs. And um, I mean, I, I could have about 20 guys on that list, but those are the four that really stick out. I, I think that's really, and again, baseball, I'm kind of, it's not my main, so I'm more of a football basketball guy, but I mean, uh, Rafael Palmero, didn't he have some good years with the Rangers? He did. Right. He did. Um, and, and again, there, I mean, there's so many, you know, he's in there uh, in that next tier. Yep. 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 Well, yeah, coach, you know, man, Michael, uh, yeah, yeah, coach, this was fun. If, if y'all enjoyed as much as I know we did, please take a moment. Give us the five star rating again that the more ratings we get, the, the more times our show will pop up in the search. And so more people hear the show, hit the follow button to subscribe and hear new episodes as soon as they come out each week. And then you can follow me on Twitter at coach underscore Kovo. That's coach underscore KOVO. Go ahead and join the team player revolution, man. Hit me up uh, on Twitter. If any feedback or guest recommendations, we lift up our own here. So if you give me a recommendation, I will go find them and I I will honor your request and we'll get them on the show. Or you can email me at teamplayerpodcast at gmail.com if you prefer that over Twitter. As always, the cover art and music for the Team Player Podcast are provided by two of my former players. The cover art is by Kaiser St. Cyr. And our intro and exit music is one more good enough from Avrion's self-titled debut album. You can find his music on all platforms by searching for Avrion. That's A-V-R-I-O-N. Coach Dave Handel, thank you so much for coming on the show. You bet, man. Had a blast. Thanks for having me. All right, thanks to all the team players out there for your support, and we'll catch y'all down the road. It always feel like I need one more boy and one more line. Record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough, but I need one more boy. One more line, record the track just one more time. My family think I bumped my head, lost my mind, and sharing them. I'm just fine, I'm good enough. But you be told I need some therapy. Initially, ain't do it voluntarily, but now I 